0: Welcome to the solution, where we put the consumer first, and I am so excited because I got one of the best of the best ever here. Right, like I don't want to give away who it, my guest is first, but it, it as we're entering into season five, and we're doing, uh, we got a new sponsor, right? Like so, today we're sponsored by Agent Truth, AgentTruth.com, right? So, because this season is going to be focused on. Um, Back to the basics, right? Because I think that we got a little bit ahead of ourselves because the market was so hot, right? But we want to focus on helping agents improve to deliver the consumer a better experience. So I thought none other than how awesome to have the Cami Beckley. So let me give you a little history about who my guest is, Cammie Beckley. Um, let me say it this way. Cammie is now a part of the CBOC team. But when C- Cammie had decided to come over about three years ago, I had never or I had not come across an agent that had sold more houses than me. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, truly just an icon in the business in the Phoenix metro area. So I'm, I'm so excited to help you. Um, are, welcome.
1: Thank you. I am truly honored to be on this podcast with the one and only Jeff Seabach, obviously. So it um, excites me to be here. Um, and I can't thank you enough. The um, industry as we know it is changing daily, it seems like. So Agreed. very excited to have the leadership that we do. So thank you.
0: Awesome. Thank you. And uh, more importantly, I'm so excited to be sitting next to a woman. Oh, <laughs> no, because uh, to me, it's just the reality is, is this industry is built on women. And unfortunately, for our first four seasons, it was two dudes here. And it, that was just totally wrong of us. And that I can't wait to hear your insight and your intellect and your comments as we move through this. But most importantly, I'm just excited to be sitting next to you. Well, so. thank you.
1: I appreciate that. I do think that a woman, not to sound sexist, I do think a woman might have a little bit different of a perspective on the business might handle things a little differently than a man.
0: Yeah. And I wanted to, because you know, that our major theme is that people sh- agents should be looking for advice from practitioners in the business. Absolutely. Right. Where, cause you uh, have been nothing but selling houses. Uh, I don't know how many, what was your best year of uh, 150, 200 houses, 300 houses, whatever your best year was, but the, it's just different I mean I don't know if you want to add to that like like what like why is that different
1: um, well you know 32 years in the industry obviously I've seen a lot of changes come down um, I thought that the short sale market was tough this market you got to hone in on your skills definitely whether you're a, a listing agent or a buyer's agent so you think that it's just made agents that want to stay in the business become better agents.
0: Yeah. And I think that one of the toughest things that agents, because we're going to get into today, we have a a special topic. So um, we'll get to that in a moment. But the idea of um, I lost where I was. Yeah, I lost my total thought train. Goodness.
1: Well, let me add something real quick. I think that Being in the trenches by that, what I meant was, um, obviously, you kind of get stagnant or stale as an agent. I think everybody does. So, therefore, you go to who you think is best as far as giving you knowledge and as far as, you know, a new perspective on why you're not winning type situation.
0: And I remember where I was, right? So, it was actually the… change due to technology in the business. Right. Because I think that that has smacked more people in the the face, right? Like grizzled vets like yourself that were, you know, because there's been a major shift and it's hard because if you're counting on someone that sold houses five years ago or 10 years ago or 15 years ago or that has never sold a house to give you advice, really – Um, how do do you know if they haven't walked in their shoes? You know what I'm saying? You don't. Yeah. But the fact that that why we were going to get into this today is because We, on the Seabuck team, we're starting what, Cami?
1: We're starting a new being conscientious about everything that's going on um, and new steps of, you know, we're starting new video, you know, doing everything in a video to your buyers and your sellers. Right. And so we're honing those skills.
0: Yes. Excellent. What she was referring to is we started a 30-day video challenge, Challenge, right? And it was just the idea of, you know, it's hard for agents that are in the business when, I mean, for you, right? right. Like, we, we're, like, I mean, you, you have just been so awesome because you've been ahead of the curve and not behind the curve. Once you made the decision, like once you made the decision of I have to change. like, I want, we're going to talk to you about that, but we're going to get into because there's changes in the industry, but then there's also just changes in the world, which is, uh you know, why you need video and why you're going to have to farm different and why you're going to have to do open houses different is because of the impact of technology. Right. And I think that people, a lot of times, you know, definitely people that are looking to sunset their career. Like I would agree that if you're in the last three years of your career, you probably could turn it off, but maybe if like yourself, if you're like, okay, but I would still like to make money out of this business After I leave, you kind of want to be able to charge. So you you had to to look technology in the face, embrace it, even though it wasn't your I mean, because I think the difference between you and I is when I went to school, I had computers. Right. Did you have computers? No. Exactly. Typewriters. Typewriters. Exactly. So so, but that is the why I, I was so excited to bring you on because you looked it in the face. Now you changed. Now you're leading the video challenge. And we kind of want to go through what today what um there's a guy named Abraham Maslow. Okay. And most people would be familiar with Abraham Maslow because he did the hierarchy of needs. And we mm. all learned that because he was a. I don't know if he's a psychologist or psychologist psychiatrist or whatever the thing, but basically he studied human behavior and he came up with some really um, concrete things that have, that have stood the test of time. So he came out with the hierarchy of needs, but today we're going to talk about something that he came out with, and that's the four stages of learning. Okay. And it's why I think it the reason why we want to talk about today is it helps to understand why you think what you think and then why you react what you react, but then how to overcome that, because as you faced in your career, you know, you're, you were kind of going sideways for a little while. Right. And you were you were like, I don't like what do I need? And it's actually walking through this. So let's let's get to it. So um, because we're a real estate focused podcast talking about a scientist that came up with this idea, we're going to integrate the idea of what you should be doing in your business. Because our discussion in class this week was, you know, basically there's I'm gonna say six major categories that in real estate that you can't avoid if you want to sell eight houses a month, or do you want to sell 100 houses a year? And I think that because why I wanted to bring it up at this time and bring you on here was that we're about, you know, we're finishing up business plans. We started in October, we got them concrete, but it's kind of getting your mindset right on, um, you know, can I let's go through the six things that I'm talking about. So the first one we talked about was video, right? Like meaning that if you want to be an agent and you want to be successful in 2022, I, unless you're in the last three years of your business, can't see you not leading with video, right? Like, like like as I said in the team meeting, you know, this isn't 2013. Like, like to me now, either you're doing video or you're just clearly not, in, in, in the right mindset. So what else, what are the real estate things that an agent has to either, you know, has to be good at, right? So well, video is one, but what You is, have
1: to be good at finding houses outside of the MLS for your clients. So you have to work hard in, you know, maybe you go way back to the expireds and the and and the canceled, that kind of thing, but you also go into neighborhoods that a client likes. You knock doors, you try to find off-market properties.
0: Yes. And that's why we talk about putting the, the consumer first here, is that I think that, you know, of course, you know how hard I am on agents. I like to say that people are lazy, but the reality is, is the reason I say that if you're not a house finder that you're lazy is because the client's outworking you. Right. And it's not, and I, I like, you know, I'm a little bit of a shock jock. I like to use strong words, but it's trying to, cause it's kind of getting to the mentality of it is today is that you um, they're haunting neighborhoods. Like we, we found, especially in this hot market that we're in with low supply, we still have under one month supply, but they're outworking the agent. And we wonder why our business isn't growing when our clients are outworking us. And I don't know. Can you think of a business where the the client does a better job than the, you know, right. Like it's, the, you know, uh, uh, you know, like, I, you know, I kind of think of like personal finance, but clearly not, not people are good. at They're not good at personal finance at all. And right? you can't
1: just send them what's active and what's coming soon in the MLS, because guess what? They got access to all of that before, he, you know, same time you do. And they probably have already gone through it.
0: Right. You can, you just right. will lose, right? right? Like you're right. going to get passed. So we're going to, okay. So, uh, okay. So then the other side of that, because we did video house finder, then it's also a house seller, right? right? Like to me, um, Tell me if you think this is true. Do you think that most agents develop a marketing plan or just kind of just stick it in MLS to sell it?
1: I... I'm going to say that 80% just stick it in the MLS. To
0: I'm going to think it's more like 95 90. okay. Oh, okay, right. So how do we define marketing? We magazine advertising. Um, we take photos and we call that marketing, right? Like we stage a house. Now that, I mean, that's kind of marketing, but I'm talking about, because when we think of marketing in today's world, what are the major applications do you think that when you think of marketing?
1: Well, first of all, I think you got to dangle that carrot in front of people that are out there looking for something that aren't going to find it in the MLS. And I think those are the things that you're able to tell your clients. But
0: where online are the clients now looking for like ideas and where, where are they finding it?
1: They're finding them on Zillow and they're finding them on Realtor.com and they're finding them on Redfin. And, and how about things. Facebook, Facebook uh, yes. and Instagram? And, Instagram, yes. and,
0: and people like you know, because they're looking for more video, right? They're on TikTok, right? They're like, if you haven't even looked into these places that of marketing, that's why we're talking about video is because video spans all those things, right? right? And why we have to be, be good at it. And,
1: and that younger group of people, they're on Instagram and TikTok. That's what they're really focused on. Where our set of maybe 40 plus folks are your Facebook folks. So you have to be on a minimum of two of those, if not all three of them.
0: And if you're looking to grow your business, I'm like, well, don't you want to be marketing to millennials? Right. Like, how can you leave them out? Right. Like to me, um, I mean, it's also the idea of because we like to help people, you know, we like to, to talk about and coach people on being balanced, meaning buyers and sellers and how important it is to have experience, like and tons of experience on both sides. So um, the next thing that I don't think, if anyone's trying, because the, these six things that we're going through from real estate are, if you want to sell a hundred houses in a year, you're gonna have to be good at all these things. I mean, you you could just be good at one, but it, but if you you ignore them, it's gonna be hard. So the 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 fourth item I have is farming. Now. I think of you as one of the best farmers I, I, ever. Absolutely. Like, I, I, like honestly, it, when I thought like the C A M I sign that was it really the executives or was it remax? remax. Re, it was remax the entire time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, um, but I remembered you dominating a territory for my. Oh God. Like, I mean, for the first 15 years, I was in like, as far as a farming, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about how farming has changed a little bit, but do you think that someone could become a dominant agent without being a farmer?
1: Yes. If you're working in a neighborhood, because neighborhoods sell houses. um, But um, I geographically farmed successfully until 2016, and then those phones weren't ringing that way because because you were
0: using traditional farming methods. mailing right. yes mailing yeah.
1: that type situation right yes. so you
0: were you were in in uh, elementary school right and you but you were doing a lot of print advertising right. exactly. and just how that actually started to right. only doing print advertising how that. Either you would have had of tripled your spend right. or but you I think that's why we're talking to you today is because you you now are adding technology right. in addition to the paper-based farming. Okay. How about all right? So number five I have is open houses. And it's funny to me that how the public still thinks that open houses don't work. Why, why, why does the well, public think that?
1: I was part of that. I hadn't held an open house in 25 years before I came to the Seabok team. And now I hold two or three a month, if not more than that. I think you were in an open house yesterday. I
0: saw an Instagram post from you about your open house that you were talking. like. Right.
1: I, and we sold it. I, you did? Yes. Awesome. We sold it. Our, what? Ourselves, we sold it. What? Yes, a buyer walked right in off the street and bought it.
0: Yes. Oh my God. I didn't even per- know that. That's yes. amazing. Right. Okay. So, I mean, you're talking on a Tuesday afternoon to think that like, I laugh when, 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 you know, when I go to listening points. I was on a listening point yesterday and he's like, well, um, open houses don't work. And I, I, I know why they think that. Why do you think that? What, what do you think I know?
1: Well, because
0: why if- does the seller think they don't work?
1: Because they've never heard of it working for anybody, first of all. What? Because who are it they
0: listening to that's telling them they don't work?
1: Other agents and other people that haven't had any open houses, and they don't want anyone in their house.
0: Well, yeah. One of my theories, obviously, is, my, is that – When I compete against agents, they don't want to do open open houses, houses. right? Because it's on the weekend and it's what? Hard work, would you say? It is hard work, yes. Like it is a grind, right? Right. And it doesn't happen every time. Not everybody has the same thing, your idea. But this is kind of going back to the haunting of neighborhoods. Right. That, I mean, to me, my my favorite question for a seller is, is, so do you know what haunting a neighborhood is? And they're usually, do you think they say yes or no?
1: They say no. No,
0: right. They don't know what haunting is. And then when I say to them, hey, um, when you, because I like to take it when I'm talking to a seller to get them to understand, I like to say to them, well, when you're out looking for your next house, or if you have a friend, um, did you see houses on because you kind of have to walk them down the story right right like for did you see the house on zillow yes i did well what did you do well i kind of drove over and actually there was an open house so i just kind of snuck in right but that's what describes haunting is they drive around neighborhoods and if the oh if the doors open do you think if someone's interested do they walk in well, of course they do and that's what happened yesterday yes, exactly. right like so you had marketing out there but the idea is because i mean you've represented I don't know what two thousand sellers, three thousand sellers. Mm-hmm. I, I've rented, represented about two thousand sellers, maybe a little more. And the thing is, is it's crazy to me to think that people are out there pitching that you know if they're seeing on Zillow and they're driving the neighborhood and if the door is open that they wouldn't walk in that door. And people are saying they don't work like that. That is so disconnected from what is really happening out in our world well, today.
1: Curiosity—that's the human effect. Well, also
0: because they want to shop on yes. The buyers want to see right. it on Zillow. They want to drive by the house. They because they don't want to waste people's time. Right. Right. And they and they don't want to be bothered by it, but they just want to be able to, hey, let me take a peek. Let me take a look. Right. But then what happens is uh, when you take a look and you fall in love, what happens, Kimmy?
1: You write the offer You're in right. there. That's it. Right. Well,
0: you, like you did yesterday. Yes, Great exactly. job. All right. Awesome. Exactly. All right. So the last piece of real estate before we get into the stages, because we're going to apply these six things throughout this is database. Right. Now it's funny. The stats are that 18% of agents have a database and you have a database and I have a database right now. We're, we're at 50,000 in our database. Um, it was presented to me this way. And that's why I'm shocked at how many people don't invest the time into a database. And it was told to me this way. Well, I went to a mastermind group in 2013. Now it's about almost 10 years ago right, like right, nine years ago. And in the mastermind were only agents that did more than 30 million in production, right? Now I was in the south, south end of town and I understand it, why, why, why you know, it was the, you're living in Cave Creek, it was, like, it was like an hour and a half drive for you. So the only reason why you weren't probably part of that thing. But the agents that do over 30 million, they all had a database. When we went around in a room, everybody named who it was. And then every other conversation I'm in with agents, you they can't name or, or they say a name, but they it's not complete. Like to think that people don't you can't get to you can't get to hundred sales in a year without a database, right? Right. I right. mean, um, right. you want to add to that?
1: Yes, I do. Um, I had I went about it kind of half-assed, quite honestly as far as the database was but concerned that's what before today's I about. yes I came here. Yes.
0: Right. Right. Half
1: asked. Right. Yeah. And then I took the first 90 days when I came to the team because I saw that I had to combine everything as far as my database is concerned. And now we can do emails to them, um, text blasts to them. And absolutely we have everything on the database and all the notes because my TC is in there. She makes notes, I make notes so everybody knows. what's going on.
0: All right. Good deal. All right. Let's get after it. So what today we're going to talk about is the stages of learning, but for an agent, it's kind of a book on why you're not selling more houses, right? This is kind of the nuts and bolts detail is that um, because the hard part about it is I think let's, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you analogy, right? I'm going to go real simple here. We're going to go Christopher Columbus, Right. And it's kind of like I think of agents out there, whether they're selling three houses or five houses or 10 houses, 15, 20, 25, 30. Right. Good agents. But the idea is that they're all over in England right now. They're all over in Europe and they don't know that this whole new world exists, meaning the U.S. Right. Before that, they were like, well, what was their challenge What was was the challenge before they discovered America? They thought what? The
1: earth earth was flat.
0: Right. Well, and that's, to me, kind of like people not embracing video. It's just kind of like, okay, well, you know, like, like, I don't need video.
1: Well, and I think they think they suck in front of a camera, which I totally do. But guess what? I don't care. You got to do it. And you only get better at something by practicing and doing it. Yes. And you've gotten better at it. Yes. That's
0: the thing. And well, that's what we're going to talk about. Well, well, it's you you're just learning how to do better. Yeah. So but let's kind of get into. All right. So I'm going to label out the four stages of learning. But I want you to think of it as in if I listen to these four things, I can discover my own new America. Right. Right. Because when they got here, they realized that there was gold here. They were like it, the Industrial Revolution never would have happened. Like the whole idea that this understanding this can transform their business because then it tells them the right places to seek. So let's go through the, the four stages. Learn. So what is the first stage for people? And then we'll get into the details. Let's just go through the first the, the, the different four steps
1: the unconscious incompetence
0: right so right so the first stage is just you don't know what you don't, don't know. know and that's why we have to go through this right okay so what's the second stage
1: the conscious incompetence
0: right so now you're now finally aware of that you know you you go to a listing appointment and you lose and now you're not instead of thinking well, they they must have a friend. It must be a friend that listed their house, or you you always come up with cockamamie ideas of why it's you not lost, your fault. right? Like, I mean, Cammie, did you ever lose a listing? Oh yeah. Okay, but dude, most agents like to pretend that they win every yes. listing. Yes. And that is what bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No. The thing is, is what that means is they're not. They're only working with who? Someone that that they know
1: basically, and maybe they just wanted to interview one more person basically they knew they weren't going to hire you in the first place and this is
0: going to hurt a lot of people in the industry but I'm just going to break off the band-aid and break it out there when agents say to me I work only by referral right like I mean I don't I'm not trying to intentionally put Brian Buffimi's coaching clients in the business but the think that you're not you to me if you only work by referral that means you're 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 not winning people. You don't, don't know. know. So then how good can you be? Well, right. Like, like, cause when you're, cause I mean, I've had, I don't know, maybe three or 400, as Joanne Calloway used to call them list me calls. So can you tell them what a list me call is?
1: Oh, someone that just calls you and says, Hey, I'm ready to list. They maybe you sold it to them. Or they, their parents, you sold their parents a house and they're ready. They know they're not talking to anybody else and they're ready to list their house.
0: Right. When you get there, like you can have paperwork out. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, like you just, like when you walk into that, sometimes they don't even ask commission. Right. They don't say, what is your marketing plan? Or maybe they ask one softball question. Right. And then you're like, I sold 3000 houses. They're like, okay, well, like, okay, where do I sign? Right. Right. Yeah.
1: Just sign me up. You did great for, you know, John and Mary. So. Right. So describe me
0: the listing appointment. So that is the list me call. But let's the listing appointment. Let's say you met someone at the open house yesterday and well, you dropped them off a CMA. CMA. And now when you go, is there are their questions different?
1: Yes, their questions are different because they've read through the CMA and their, you know, their curiosity has been piqued. Do you think that they trust you when you walk in the door? I think they trust you 60% of the time and they want to interview you and see exactly, you know, that you're the real McCoy type situation. Well, I mean,
0: but like different than the trust, like I'm just comparing the trust level of, (laughs) you know, uh, the list me call when you go there. That's
1: 100%.
0: Right, exactly. But, you know, when you go there that. They, I mean, because they're not believing every right. word you say. Right. 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 Like, they're just not. So is it harder to win when, because you're like, okay, well, if you tell people that you are going to have to do open houses and it's a list me call, I mean, you have your curmudgeon people and stuff like that. But, but really, the, you're like, it's just my marketing plan and we're going to do it. Right. But when you're talking to somebody that uh, doesn't know you and you talk about open houses, what do they say?
1: They're not, first of all, they're not familiar and they're afraid somebody's going to come in and rip them off first thing. So, and they've never done one. So, you have to educate them to why an open house is a good thing to do. So, you tell them a story. Right. Like the haunted, the open house and
0: why that works. And, you know, I mean, and to give people an idea that may not know, I mean, we find the buyer over 60% of the time now. Um, because there's 50,000 agents in Phoenix, we don't represent the buyer, but we know because we, I mean, how many people came through your open house yesterday?
1: Oh my gosh. We had, well, we sat at, tell us, give us an
0: idea. Like what was the price? Where was the area?
1: uh, Gilbert. Um, the subdivision is the Willows and the the price is at 434.9. We had 12 couples through yesterday and 14 through the day before.
0: Okay. You're saying on Monday and Tuesday on a holiday week. Right. Five years ago, could you have
1: imagined? Never, that? never. Like I like, never saw one person through an open house when I sat on myself before. Why? Because like, I wasn't. I wasn't pushing it and getting the getting the marketing out there ahead of time and knocking doors on neighbors. The right day because we were
0: and, used to just relying on what to sell our houses signs, signs. and what else the MLS MLS yeah. right like to realize that Cami Beckley to drive. 26 sets of people through right. in a day. Do you think that you can just do that by sticking in MLS? No, you can't. No. Right. So are you really doing a good job for your seller if you're not marketing it to its fullest? Cause isn't that why the, the seller hires us to right. market the house? So great job. All right, let's get back to it. All right. So um, as you're working through it, we have conscious. So I don't know where we left. Conscious
1: incompetence is the one we left off and then conscious competence.
0: Right. So, so once you realize that I need to do things different, right? Like I have to like, and then you start building on it. And then the fourth level would be
1: unconscious competence.
0: Unconscious. Isn't that, what does that mean?
1: That means that that means that you are competent at something and you unconsciously are doing it.
0: Right. Like to me, you're just like, well, I mean, it happens. I mean, I think of me now, because I've been on my listing appointment about 2,000 times, Mm -hmm. I would say that I unconsciously Unconsciously. can walk through that thing. You can do it in your sleep. I, I can do it in your sleep. And now what it is, and now I can explain it to others. You know, I coach a lot of agents on our team. Right and share that that knowledge throughout, even adding in many other things. But okay, so now let's go, let's, let's dig in, right? Like, like let's really get to, I don't know how many we'll get to, I don't know how Adam, how we need to take a commercial break here before we get into the explanation of
1: those things. Teams and large producing agents are the overwhelming minority in real estate with no collective voice or recognition of our influence. Isn't it time we have a voice? If we band together and act together, we will hold the power for positive change, not them. If you agree, sign your pledge of support today at realestateleopard.com.
0: And welcome back. All right, Kami. So I don't know how much time we have left, Adam. 10, 15 minutes. So let's kind of get through the first one and we'll see where we end up, right? So... The four stages of learning provide a model for learning is what Maslow tells us. It suggests that individuals are not aware of what they know, right? So, and that as they they go from, as they recognize that they're incompetent versus making excuses why they lost, right? That they actually work to develop um, a skill set, right? right? Like, like, and then they have to practice because that's the hard part, right. I think. I mean, you are you know you're a senior partner on the team and you're training agents is how hard is it for people to practice
1: very hard very hard why is that i I don't i don't know but that's the only way to get your scripts down is if you don't have a ton of appointments where you're going to hone on your skills you got to look in the mirror and you got to or you got to tell yourself in the car i'm going to say it this way whoops you got to practice it all the time yeah
0: and it's why we focus on setting appointments is because really it's we know how hard it is to get people to actually sit down in front of a mirror or I like to do it in my car like in my morning walks I like to practice scripts like I remind myself as I'm going, like when I look at the comps if I'm going to a listing appointment and i'm I'm because I'm, because now when you look and you prepare. You kind of know a lot about a house, right? Right. Right. So you can now know what the scenarios are. Like sometimes you can see if it, like they bought it last year and it's already upgraded. There's a different mindset.
1: If you've done your homework, you know all of that going in.
0: Okay. Well, fair enough. If you know done, that we do. We do, been, we do our homework if you've here. Done so, your homework. But, yes. but then you can you can run through the scripts in your mindset of right. this is what we're going to be talking about. Right. And this is like, I'm not going to be having to talk about upgrading the house. I'm not going to be talking about different things, but that practice. Um, okay. So uh, let's get into the first one in detail. So the unconscious incompetence. So this is, you don't know what you don't know. This right. is the, the, the Christopher Columbus, Right. Like before they did not know about the the whole new world called the U.S. Right. And they they. Um, would you say that people in England doubted that there was it was worth it to sail into the big blue ocean?
1: Oh, absolutely. They doubted.
0: I mean, did they put people in jail for thinking it like yeah, uh, yeah. Like, like crazy? Right. So right. it's hard that. And, and I think it's because um, I'm going to kind of lead to when you, you transition it over to the team of what you did well and what you didn't do. Right. So because right. in the beginning is like, were you had you gone away from because I know that you knew a what we call a competitive market analysis. Right. right. When, when a seller competes you, did you on those list me calls? Before you came over to Seabuck team, were you thinking I needed to drop off a packet before I got there? Right. Yes. Is that something you did? Yes. Okay. All right. But because you were at the time listing, I don't know, 80 to 150 houses, you had developed that skill. Okay. So, um, but has the package content changed? Yes,
1: absolutely. It's changed.
0: Right. So what is, how has your approach changed now, three years later on the Seabuck team and thinking about the pre-listing package, like what is the intent in that?
1: Just for them, just to get to know you a little bit better, basically. And what you do, i not necessarily sending them comps or anything like that because you've not been into their house and you don't even know. you know. And do you
0: think that they're, the people are able to know with the a no. general? No, but do you think when you arrive at the house, are people, they have no idea what their house is worth? Or do you think that they've they've looked online to see what their house is worth?
1: I think 40% have a little bit of an inkling but they're looking at sales price and not net. And I think that's the biggie.
0: Yeah, I'm just saying that the Zestimate's very popular. And if you go to realtor.com, it's very popular. And now you can find it on three different websites. And even if not, you can triangulate an idea Mm -hmm. of I'm at 500 or 550 or 600, not saying that they're great, but at least it's in the ballpark. I mean, they're certainly more educated now than ever. But so now you don't have to actually lead in with that right you don't have to provide them comps because what why are you providing them comps to the pre-listing package okay good deal right all right so um how I know you did listing presentations and tons of them right but also did has the conversation changed in the listing presentation in the past five years
1: Uh, absolutely it's changed because of your marketing it's changed and your different avenues, like you mentioned earlier with your Facebook and your Instagram and those type things and your mass text and mass email.
0: and Okay, but were you talking to, age before you came over to the CBOC team, were you talking about that stuff? No. Right? No. So I would say that you... Assign
1: in the MLS.
0: Would you say that you were... In unconscious incompetence? Yes, absolutely. Right? Because, I mean, you, you, you were still a very great agent. You were still, I mean, you were, most people would have been envious of your business, but your business was not peaking. Right. Right, your business was flat to kind of maybe a little negative. Right, exactly. And, and so to me, because that's the problem with agents is they don't realize when their business is flat year over year, or actually if the market was up you know uh 20% this year if they were only up 10% that they, they weren't performing or if they had less listings or less buyers or like
1: that it's actually what they're not doing right. versus yeah all well, right you know i think the most important part is you have to be able to be a realist with yourself you have to be able to tear yourself down and say i suck at this how can i fix this look what other people are doing and that's what coming here that's what opened my right. eyes
0: right exactly yeah, so. so um how about before you came, did you in a buyer what, what did, did you do a buyer presentation? Actually,
1: I only did the um, advisory, the buyer's advisory, and I edu- educated people to what we would do and how we would write an offer and that type of thing. That's what I would sit down with before I took them out.
0: Right. Okay, so now would you say when you're doing a buyer presentation, are you talking about different things than you used to?
1: Yes, because it's harder to get a house bought. You're writing prices over and you're having to educate them to why you're writing offers for more than. And so, yes, you are. And you're not. So you have
0: to educate them on the market, right? Like like to me, unless you want to be writing 30 or 40 offers for somebody. Exactly. Okay, good deal. Exactly. All right. So I think this one is the single hardest that agents don't think they need to track everything.
1: And that, that's still, I got to be honest with you, it's still a tough one for me. But I got to tell you, when you do track, it does keep you on track.
0: Is it frustrating when you first start tracking? No, it's
1: terrible. Because you kind of, tra- you know, you got to go out to the end of your day. Who did I talk to? What did I, where do I, what am I tracking? What am I, you know, it's tough.
0: Right. Yeah. No, I, 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 I mean, I know I, I've interviewed a little over maybe 1,200 agents and people don't take notes in there. And I, I kind of think that it's just not like the documenting of your activities. I mean, you, you, you measure what you want to manage, right? Like that's Peter Drucker's words, but I don't know that agents realize that they're entrepreneurs, right. And that they're running a business and that they have to, like the only way you can see trends is if you track something. So how many listing appointments did you have this month, the next month? How many, how many buyer appointments did you have? How many leads did you have? Like, if you're not tracking these things, how can you even tell? Like, it's kind of like being in a store and running a register without a tape. Yeah, true. Right? True. Like, 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 would you just like sales like come in and out? Like, I don't even have record. Like, like to think that you're running a business. Yeah, you're, and that's why they're not succeeding better, right? And the last one is just more appointments, right? Like to right. me, the the idea of practice is the only way. I mean, my thing is, I think an agent has to have at least four appointments a week to know if they're good or not.
1: I think you're right.
0: But without that, because you're, you're, you're out of practice. Right. Like if you're not presenting your buyer presentation and your listing presentation um, three to five times a month, how can you be good at
1: it? You can't be, you do become very stale and, it, and you don't keep it memorized. You're not sharp. Right. Like I, I, but people don't
0: think practice though. They don't think, oh, well I, I, I work with one buyer a month, right? Like, can you be good at a presentation? If you do it once a month, you just can't like you want to be. So then this is the, this is the thing. And this is why we had the title is it's not until you have that fear right? Like until you, you know, like, cause what is the stimulus to learn? Right. Like, like what was for you? What was, your, what was your stimulus? Like, like your ego's bruised, but you're, you know, like, like what was your stimulus?
1: Well, the phone quit ringing and I needed to make money. I was the sole support and I needed to make money and I had to figure out why. And that's why, you know, you guys have helped me go in a whole nother direction and has brought my business right back on track. But whether it's, your so thing? you're
0: saying it, it was it was the stimulus for you was that the phone stopped ringing, which meant for you past clients, right? And you and, were, and the farm area and the farm area just wasn't, right. and you're like, why, right? right? Like right. like it's hard, but. Fortunately, when the checkbook starts to go down, you that's a it's almost like it's screaming at you.
1: Oh, but you better find out or you're going to be out of business real quick.
0: Right. And I but I, I think it's not until people it's hard because if they're not tracking it, they don't know that it is. And I think that a lot of agents do it on a part-time basis and someone else is bringing in the income, so if it goes up and down they don't they don't care, but uh, I mean everybody cares, but I mean they're not paying attention to as much. So then how important was, um, you know, changing your goals?
1: Very important. I had to be realistic. And how, how are you going to get this many appointments? What do you have to do to get this many appointments? So, yes. But, I mean, to me, it's like, okay, so um,
0: were you looking for a system? Like, were you looking for a documented process? I mean, because that was it is like when something's going, like when you were going to, because I'm sure you didn't just talk to us.
1: Oh, yes, I did, because I had seen you guys. I mean, I knew I had to do something. And when I saw you and you and um, Phil, I thought to myself, and then that's, and I've known Phil since he was a little guy. And I reached out to him and said, Hey, I need your help. And he said, Let's talk. Right. So I knew I needed something.
0: Uh, Right. But but when you got here, when you saw how would you say that we were
1: more systematized than you were? Oh, by far. Like, like, if I look back, I was winging it, dude. I mean, winging it. You were winging it.
0: But I mean, Cammie, fortunately, successfully winging it, winging it, it selling 100 houses a year, right? Like you were better than winging it. But no, but you had moved into a level of it, but you
1: just weren't adapting to the new trend. Exactly. I didn't do anything, social media, any of that.
0: But what is the challenge of that? Right. Like, so what is the, um,
1: you know, it's, were you overwhelmed? Oh, totally. And I don't think an individual can do it without getting into the weeds with an individual that's successful. You know, you got to be talking to somebody that they're doing it and they've made the change. Right. So what do you need to do to make the change?
0: Yeah. No, I mean, it's hard. I mean, like I like to, to tell agents when I talk to them in when we go to I me and we go to other states to talk. The um, I believe that when agents come to our team, what helps them more than anything is that I'm still in the business. Exactly. Like how, like to me, but I think because of yourself, like you needed, like, it's hard for you to go to talk to a, oh. a, a like, were you thinking like a Tom Ferry or a Brian Buffini? Like oh,
1: oh, oh, I tried all of that. that. It just didn't do what I needed it to do. But um, the fact that, as I say, the fact that you, that you obviously are in the trenches day in and day out. And, and developing new things and following the market, that was so helpful for me. Sure. But I had to really face reality and know what I wasn't doing and what I needed to be doing. Right. And because I think it's hard because
0: I think a lot of people are in the ideas like, because when I go to a lot of, I meet with agents, a lot of agents one time. And they believe that they can write it, like not, every, like people want to be DIYers, right? But I think it's the, the massive amount of, um, practice and like why I require people to come to a team meeting right, exactly. is because you need to hear it over and over. Cause what we say is it takes agents usually six to nine months. Now you were, uh, Way ahead of the curve for learning, but I think you were pretty convinced when you came over, oh, yeah. that, right? Like you had already, because a lot of agents aren't convinced when they come; they're they're not recognizing that they're in this unconscious and incompetence. They're just like, oh, uh, it can't, because like, because no one wants to work hard, right? right? Like right. everybody want is looking for the easy button. Right. I mean, we actually, I actually have an easy button in my office because that's the
1: one thing that everybody wants it to be. And the path forward isn't easy. Isn't easy. As a matter of fact, I think the industry is harder today than it's been in the 32 years that I've been in the industry. Much
0: harder. Right. And the hard part is everybody, do you think that people want to learn quickly? Yes. They think it's a make it rich, quick business. Right. Exactly. But we have found that you can only, because the reason why we we started with the six things is you got to kind of pick one. And you know, Google says that you 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 should spend twenty percent of your time, you know, practicing and and researching and then implementing and then practicing and getting scripts and like you. To me, you have to. Because the funny thing for me is agents. Who do they look for for advice? Like to me, I I always look like towards the NBA when I listen to. Uh, I'm a huge. NBA fan, you know that, right? But when I'm talking to Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley, those are names that you even know, right? Right, Like those are like people that were experts at their craft yet in real estate, for some reason, we're not looking for the people that are excelling today. Like what?
1: I don't, I think people are afraid because you know what? I think people think that we're unapproachable, which is so the opposite. I would share anything that I've done in my career, any day I've done it on but only 10% of those people you share it with are going to take it and run with it. So I think, I think one of those is that they can't be afraid of that.
0: Good deal. How much time we got left, Adam? Wrap it up. About wrap it up. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit about conscious incompetence because I want to kind of get to that, but that's kind of, but basically um, we kind of laid out the idea behind Maslow, right? Like that you have to, first you have to realize, right? Unconscious incompetence is that you don't know what you don't, don't know, know and the reason why you're not succeeding is because you're not but that when you get to conscious competence right like you're you're or i'm sorry conscious, conscious incompetence. incompetence like this level two is now you're aware and that's kind of where we're it off but you you know the the person understands how to do something however it's different to watch something and then go Go do it. Like like I'm trying to think of um, let's call, let's say Cami Beckley, 2018 Instagram. Nothing. Okay. Okay. No, but what I'm saying is, is could you look at Instagram and figure out how to market? I didn't
1: even know what the hell Instagram was in 2018.
0: Let's be real. No, but but, but like even, okay. So now that you're on YouTube and you're doing videos. Yeah. Is it, but it's still lots to learn there. It's a lot to learn.
1: And you got to craft the skill, all of them.
0: Right. Like to me, it's like the first time you shoot a, a video, right? Right. I mean, it's not like, you know, you're, it's funny. Cause I, I feel that the industry gets lost here and that instead of, knowing what it is and get working on a skill and looking up how to edit video or finding someone else to edit the video for you that they're like, oh, no, no, no. They're, let me let me look at something else. Like they, this is where they kind of start to go sideways. Right. And they are like, well, it can't be that because it's challenging. Mm-hmm. Right. So
1: so they know what it is but they aren't consciously trying to do
0: it. Right. So, all right. Well, Cammie, you have been spectacular. I don't want to take more of your time, but it's been amazing. Like how awesome is Cammie Beckley, right? Like hopefully, you know, if they want to reach out to you, like what... 480-225-7207,
1: anytime.
0: Okay, Cammie Beckley, I'm Jeff Seabach. This is The Solution, Agent Truth. Hopefully, you're excited as we are about season five, but we're just trying to get to the root of it. Like, why are agents not selling more houses? Why is the industry so, like, the average is four, right? Like, yeah, we just want to help people get better. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you. I'm on a a podcast with the one and only Jeff Seabach. Thank you guys. Happy Holidays. Holidays. Take care.